Adam, you sound really good. Uh, oh, thanks, buddy. You know, I, I feel good. I feel, I feel good. It, it, I mean, were you sick the last month and a half with I, uh, I, I, something? Yeah, I don't know what, so, what I came down with. Throat, because yeah. your voice is cleared up quite dramatically. Now, mine, on the other hand, still sounds like I'm in the fucking toilet. You sound still sound ill. Right. So hopefully next week when I get that new microphone um, um, and I can plug directly into this thing, it will... I'm really excited to see how that turns yeah. out. If anyone doesn't know, which no one does, uh, Adam is using his actual kit. Well, I just re- I remembered that I had all of our gear in my car right. like 10 minutes before. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to see. I'm just going to see if it works. And you know what? It fucking does. That's good. So, know. if there's a difference, which I'm, I'm sure just there like be. all of my Zoom calls and shit from now on. I'm just gonna. Oh my god, out. that'd be so good. <laughs> Everyone else sound like literally they're underneath the earth, and yeah. you're like coming out like you're fucking your god from the heavens. <clears throat> Hello, everybody down hey, there. What's going on? Um, you'll probably just scare us my Zoom. That, so, um, so uh, we 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 did a new feature last time, last week actually. Um, and then we're going to continue that feature. Um, I've asked our uh, musical director to come up with a three <laughs> to five second jingle uh, for this. Okay. Hopefully, by the time I've put this together, we have that jingle. All right. And uh, it will, you know, it will signify now. Right. It's the day of days. Awesome. And what a day of days. Right. What a day of days. But we'll get to that. Okay. So this new feature is what we're going to do um, every day we record. So obviously we record at different days during the week. It's not necessarily um, a Thursday or a Friday. And then we've we've tended to switch our releases up too, depending on when we can get this together. So um, what we're going to do is just look back on the day that we actually do the recording. So this day is May 21st. 2020 so we're going to look back through the nerd sphere into what stuff that we find interesting that we are going to uh give to you um and from a knowledge perspective uh stuff that we think is cool that's happened on the same day whatever year in the past you know we don't stick to a certain range we just kind of pull from whatever so um so some interesting things i want to start with is that if you look forward instead of looking back today adam Oh, you look okay. forward to 2021, Mar- or May uh, uh, 21st, 2021, there's some interesting things happen. One, okay. there's an untitled Saw project about to be, will be released that oh, day. Oh boy. Okay. All right. Fair enough. But the most interesting thing is, and I think that once I tell you this info, we'll have to like maybe, you know, start a petition to change the name of oh, May no. 21st, 2021, because that day... There are two movies coming out, Matrix 4 right? John Wick 4. Yeah. It's Reeves versus Reeves. That's you insane. Know, battle to the death. Wait, so, I thought uh, that they were they were going to move the dates around because so they wouldn't get released on the same day, but they are? They're scheduled now on the same day? At this point, when I did my research, they are both scheduled for May 21st, 2021. Wow. So I think Big it should be Anna Day. Oh, my it God. It should be. Yeah. He's great. When does Bill and Ted come out? Supposedly this year. It's so, supposedly summertime, but who knows? Oh, this like 2020? Yeah. Oh, oh I yeah. thought it was it's also... already done. It's oh. done, wrapped. It's in post. So I'm really excited about that. Me too. Um, I think that um, uh, you know who knows when it's going to get released, but I mean, Bill and Ted that that kind of seems holidayish to me. Yeah. I'd like to go see that around the Christmas time. Yep. I think. Yeah. Um, it's probably not going to get summertime. I think the first movie that's getting released uh, July 24th is Mulan. I think that's officially Disney have said that. They're going to release Mulan July 21st, 24th um, for movie theater. So that will be the first official movie, new movie, back in the theater at that hmm. time. So, um, you know, everyone's going to go see it, right? So I have a question for you. Um, so John Wick 4 and um, Matrix 4 come out on the same day. Which, w- which one will you see first? Maybe, right. maybe not on that day, but which of those two are you going to, how are you pri- prioritizing them? I'd say based off of how I felt about the last one of those two franchises, sure. John Wick 4 would be the one I would go for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, Matrix Revolutions was just fucking absolutely terrible. I mean, especially in retrospect. I mean, at the time, it was one of those, it was kind of like you and, and Rise of Skywalker. You just can't really say how much you hate it because you're betraying your <laughs> seven-year-old self. But And I think we went to see the, the second one of these together. I'm sure, uh, yeah, I think you're right. Not Revolution. What's the second one? What was the second one? Reloaded. Reloaded. And um, I... I you know, I, I think at the time I was like, oh, you know, they're interesting, you know. They, were, they yeah. weren't that confusing right. and convoluted up their own ass. Well, they completely were. Yeah, it totally. was. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I would hope that they will at, at least atone for the bag of shit that they kind of left us with. Yep. While, while Kelsey sisters. Because um, the first movie is a, fucking, is a fucking classic, an iconic classic piece of cinema, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so, but, you know, John Wick's a fucking great fun. Just keep getting better and better. I mean, yeah, like everyone just, is better than the last. Yeah, they're just great yeah. laugh. You know, they're yeah. great fucking laugh. And um, you know, Keanu Reeves has turned out to be not only just super watchable and as he gets older, but also a super fucking cool dude yeah. who's gone through some shit. But he, you know, he just seems like a regular guy. Yep. You know, so it's nice. Um, you know, you wish him all the very best and everything. So uh, yeah. Anyway, that's the day of days a year. Looking from now. forward, yeah. But in the past, what's happened in the past? So. Let me see. Um, in t- 1908, May 21st, uh, <laughs> the first ever horror movie premiered in Chicago. Guess the movie. I don't. I don't know. I'm. I'm. I'm thinking Nosferatu or what, the um, the vampire movie, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, was... obviously black and white sign. Doctor Jekyll yeah. and Mister Hyde. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was the first one. Um, All right. I'm gonna skip over 1980 for a second. We'll come back to that at the end. <laughs> Uh, okay. The last episode of New Heart aired on CBS oh this day oh, in 1990. It was like one of the most watched like TV yeah. shows ever, right? Like it. Yeah, New Heart was such a nice sitcom. It was very pleasant. Yeah, and incredibly smart. Has he did the? I, I can't tell you room. anything about it though. I, I mean, I I know some of the players. I know the actors that were on it, and I loosely know what the premise of the show was. But I'd never. It was too. I don't know. Didn't I? I never watched it. Well. I mean, what they did, they did like a, like he woke up, like it was supposedly it's been numb or voted as the best TV series finale ever. Um, They, um, a crazy holiday party during the series 60s, Newhart told her that he was thinking about leaving his show after CBS. But MCB said, you ought to end it with a dream sequence when you wake up in bed with Susie. And that's what he did. So it was like a dream sequence kind of thing. Um, And, you know, it was, uh, yeah, the, the last, it was, it was just like brilliantly done. And he was such an understated comedian, uh, Bob Newhart. So, um, but yeah, I mean, anyway, that was, you know, in 1990. Um, Walder Hart won the Palme d'Or at uh, Cannes in 1990 also, which is an uh, excellent David Lynch film, if you're a fan. But um, to talk about, let me see, let's talk about who was born in, on this day. <laughs> in uh over the years and now obviously there's quite a long list and i'm just i just picked and choose who i thought was interesting born in 1945 was richard hatch um, oh yeah from wait yeah. a minute hold on which one uh richard hatch from um uh, Battle Star Galactica? Galactica. not yeah. the guy that won survivor the first year no no okay. not, yeah not right. the naked guy i was a turd right uh he he went to jail for tax evasion on those winnings did you know that uh, Richard Hatch, Hatch as Apollo in Battlestar Galactica uh, passed away in 2017. Also, little known fact, Streets of San Francisco, that old 1970s TV mm-hmm. show, which originally starred uh, Colm Alden and uh, um, uh, Michael Douglas. Well, Michael yeah. Douglas left to become a huge movie star. Um, and uh, producer, film, film, film producer Richard Hatch stepped into his role for like the last season. Anyway, um, Mr. T, born in 1952. What? Yeah, yeah. Huh. I pity the fool. Yeah. Um, uh, Nick Cassavetes, uh, born in 1959 on May 21st. And uh, Noel Fielding of the Mighty Boosh. Do you know who he is? No. no Mighty Boosh is this funny uh, band slash TV show slash c- comedic duo um, with Noel Fielding. Um and he's also in, if you watch The Great British Bake Off, which is available on Netflix, 
Yeah, he's the co he's the co presenter of that. Oh, okay, all right, sure. Not yeah, the original okay. two gals. They were they're the ones who picked it up after they left because they left the BBC. So, and uh, no right. feeling born nineteen seventy one. So, and then um, I'm going to do some deaths. There's only two <laughs> deaths of note. I found on this day. Uh, I'm not laughing because anybody died. I just laugh how you're beating around like the major bush. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Um, uh, Murthy, I can't pronounce, it's very hard to pronounce this name. Murthy, um, the gorilla from Gorillas in the Mist that they oh. made that whole movie about. That poor gorilla died in 1992 on this day. And then Sir John Gilgood, famed English Shakespearean actor, um, also passed away in the year 2000. In the year 2000! On this day, uh, May 21st. So, um, let's talk about some movies that managed to get released on this day. Yeah, let's um, do it. So, I'm going to skip to 82. Okay. I want to... Come on. There's, I mean, there's nothing to say about that. Okay, continue, please. 1982. <laughs> Mad Max, The Road Warrior. Fuck yeah. What a great movie. Yep. Um, we've kind of talked about that at length on a different podcast. In 1993, Hot Shots Part 2 and Sliver. See, there you go. Two sequels that like could not be more different. You know? Yeah, it's true. The Mad Max is amazing. Hot Shots, I don't remember the first the fucking thing about it. I don't Part 1 was fine. Was it? Wasn't it? Yeah, I don't part know. Part 2 was not fine. Yeah. And then Sliver, which was kind of around the time they were making this kind of softcore pornography with Sharon Stone. Um, Basic Instinct, Sliver, this is the one about the people of the Yeah, yeah. William Baldwin. It's one of the bald ones, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it's a script for Joe Esterhouse, I think, still. Um, uh, 1999, the only film that came out was, um, um, and this is because Phantom Menace was two days before it was released, right. but 1999, the only film that came out that day was a film called The Love Letter, um, which I actually have some interesting facts about i fell into a bit of a a bit of a a, a hole with this film um today and well, i i can't i don't know anything about it but i'm guessing i'm here's i'm gonna guess the plot real quick did was someone it's like unrequited love writes a love letter to someone but the letter doesn't get to the intended recipient it gets picked up by someone else who then isn't um, that another? Or am I thinking yeah, of another movie? No, yeah, like Secret Admirer or something like that. Like I mean, you're right in the fucking muddy, dude. Yeah. Uh, so, but it stars. Um, the reason why it, it jumped out, it stars Kate Capshaw, uh, or obviously, oh. you know, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Married Steven Spielberg, also yep. in Space Camp, excellent film. Yep. Um, Tom Selleck. Um, Who's he? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. He's, I, he's this guy who's famous for stash. Yeah. Uh, Tom Everett Scott was in it, and basically, it's kind of you just summed up the premise after never seeing seeing the film what it is. But it also has Ellen DeGeneres in it, and I thought that was interesting oh. because she seems to be popping up on our timeline in our version of the Matrix because we brought her up uh, right. a couple of weeks ago. There's uh, a glitch here. She is just popping up everywhere, everywhere. Everyone's coming out with the woodwork, saying how much of a trash human being she is, which is somewhat. Yeah, it's so funny in the beginning. You're like, um, maybe you can write some of this off, but it just kept coming. And oh, coming, coming. It was on the cover of People magazine yeah. uh, last week. But she's in this. And um, the interesting thing about it was, because I was looking at it, I, I ended up on this website called Plugged In, because I was trying to find a review and a synopsis of the movie. All right. And they give a synopsis and a review, but I started to get interested as I kind of read down this. It's very it was skewed a certain way, and I'm like, "This doesn't. Re- this website doesn't seem like a regular movie review website. There's something else behind all this." Come to find out, it's a Christian family website, so everything in this oh, movie has that like stent, like right. I get it. Really, that point of view. Oh my god, and it's yeah, not good. Sure. And um, like they have it broken down between po- positive elements, spiritual content. Okay. And sexual content oh boy um <laughs> which a young boy is caught gawking at a pornographic picture in helen's bookstore movie goers catch more than the glimpse it's like a watch out you know yeah um, yeah right sure homosexual yeah. content that's a thing yeah uh, fruit or profane language drug and alcohol content but here's the fun part plugged in the summary here's the summary once again 
Hollywood has taken a seemingly innocent and fun-loving storyline and turned it on its head with promiscuity and confused sexual orientations. The Love Letter clearly joins the ever-growing list of films, My Best Friend's Wedding, in and out Cruel Intentions, Election, that attempt to move society's thinking one step closer to accepting homosexual relationships as normal. That was... We were like, wow, what, who, what am I reading here? Well, I got to that point because I was just looking for the synopsis. Yeah. I read that first. I was like, what the fuck is this? What dark web corner have I turned here? And then I, I, I started to look a little bit deeper in. Right. Uh, and you can, I, I, I read the review of Scoobs. The new Scooby Doo movie. Yeah, oh God. they are not happy about that either. No, oh um, boy. <laughs> so, plugged in, focus on the families. Plugged in is a really shitty fucking website. If you want to read about snarrow-minded, small-minded, so-called Christians who want right. to puke their views on you, so just like six Karens just sitting around. Is it oh like one God. of those places too, where that will give you a um, a version of the movie, but they've edited out what they think is um, like offensive? No. Have, you, have you ever seen like there's those Christian video stores where they would take the film and then chop it up and edit out like a side boob or whatever to make yeah, it more? I've, yeah, I've seen those, but yeah, this is not that. It's just they do movies, TV, music, games, and books. And it is just basically they just rip it up, you know? Like <laughs> I can't imagine if they did the new um, Fiona Apple. Uh, album. I mean, they probably just they probably think they're going to burn in half. You just like click yeah. on the link and it's just on fire. Yeah, they just start crying <laughs> immediately. So yeah, plugged in. It was, I took Oof. a weird turn into that this afternoon. Um, one that I was not happy to be in. So, um, Well, but, I think we need to start going to plugged in first. Every movie that we talk about, we're like, well, this is the plugged in synopsis. You're, you're, you read my mind, buddy. You read oh, my okay. mind. Yeah. So, right. um, so I would say that, um, so that's, that was in 99. We had Love Letter. Um, and interesting, 2004, Shrek 2 was released. And then then like then like six years later, in 2010, Shrek Forever After was released. So they seem to have gravitated towards, even though the first one wasn't released on May 21st, the second one and the third one were both released on May 21st, just mm. in different years. Um, also 2010, um, which is probably the highlight of the films we just discussed, uh, is, was MacGruber that movie um came out yeah, yeah i saw was, a tweet by will forte today who was just <laughs> i'm gonna read it to you because it's worth the fucking read uh i will say that mcgruber was uh an excellent skit on saturday night live yeah i mean i always thought it was great fun and if you aren't aware it was basically will forte as mcgruber whoever was the, the, the star of the week would be his assistant or in his squad slash team. There would be ca- a countdown clock as they're counting down. Kristen Wiig was always in it too. I'm like, how are you going to save us this time, Gruber? He starts arguing about something silly. The clock keeps counting down. No, give me a paper clip and two hand grenades and, and, a, and, a, and a piece of tin foil and I'll, you know, and then they blow up. And he, right. just before he's about to figure it out, they always blow They always blew up. I mean, Excellent for a two to two and a half to three minute comedy sketch. As yeah. a ninety minute movie, what were they fucking thinking? Yeah, I mean, what were they thinking? That's that's a one time joke every other week. It's not a ninety second film, 90, 90, 93, six minute movie. But this is what Will Forte said today. You got to give him a. Oh, it's so good. You got to give him some props for this. <laughs> he did a lot of MacGruber stuff today. Uh, on this day exactly 10 years ago, MacGruber started shitting the bed at the nation's box offices. By the end of our three-week theatrical run, not an inch of that bed set was salvageable. Even the mattress protector was soaked through. Happy tanty freaking turds. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I love him for that, man. Yep. Um, and uh, he was in a show um, that I actually really watched every single week. I think they did three or four seasons of it, which is The Last Man on Earth on Fox. Oh, yeah. On Sundays. Yeah. Did you watch that show? Yeah, with Kristen Wiig and, um, not Kristen Wiig, sorry, Kristen uh, Shaw. Kristen Wiig was in it. Kristen yeah. Wiig was in it. And um, um, uh, uh, Ted Danson's wife, Mary Steenberg, was in mm-hmm. it. Um, it was a great show. That was a really, really funny show. And um, Chris, or um, uh, what's Kristen the guy? Kristen Shaw, right? Yeah. Kristen Shaw, who, who does uh, Louise in Bob's mm-hmm. Burgers. I've seen Bob's Burgers. But, uh, that was a great show. I wish they had, could bring that back because, uh, you know, uh, or maybe make a movie of it. I mean, that you could make a movie out of that. Um, they right. had a really funny bit where his brother, who was uh, um, Jason uh, Sudeikis, was an astronaut. 
and everyone was dead. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. It's out there somewhere, I'm sure. Last one on there. It's definitely well worth a, worth a look. But um, yeah, happy 10th birthday to McGruber. Um, and then, of course, we have to mention the film that was released 40 years ago today, which shaped, helped shape our lives and turn us into the people you hear before you, dear listener, um, was um, episode uh, five, uh, Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. I, don't, I mean, not really. What could, we've already, this year has been nothing but Star Wars. It's been a Star Wars chat. Star Wars has replaced Doctor Who, I think, um, for the number of conversations that we have. Yeah. But so I think that anyone listening, if you've listened to more than one of our podcasts and you've listened, you've heard us go on about our adoration. And, you know, the thing is, we're fucking, you know, white males in America. So, of course, we're going to be Star Wars fans. Um, but yeah, that movie was I, my most, the most endearing, my best memory of this movie. Um, not just like the shit that we saw on this on the scene for the first time, the way that it took the story and turned it on its head halfway through or three quarters way through um, was when I saw it for the first time, it was a matinee with my grandma and we walked in and she, I mean, obviously I don't think she even had seen star Wars. So she had fucking no clue who these folks are. Yeah. Uh, she just dragged me cause I was a, you know, wide eyed six year old um, into the theater. And then when we came out, she could see that I was so jazzed and so pumped up. And so just like, I, maybe it was just to get me to stop talking for two more hours. Um, she just turned around, bought two more tickets and then took me back in for a second viewing, like back to back like that. Uh, and it was, uh, it was, re- I don't know. It was really cool. It was really special. Not, you know, that Monday at school, I was the only person that had already seen it and seen it twice. So, you know, it was a cool guy for a week. Got some nerd uh, points it was, there. It was, it was nice while it lasted. Yeah. Yeah. As I've told before many times, this is the movie that my mother took us to town to see, surprised us, and we went to the double bill of Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Um, so yeah, that was great. So I got to watch I, Star Wars in the theater my, again, and then my, watch Empire Strikes Back right after. It, it's so funny how different my, like, looking at it through my eyes now, and looking at it, when I saw it then, I was like, wow, it's a Star Wars. But I didn't I didn't like it, because I'm like, no, this is fucking bullshit. What right. the fuck? You know, he like can't be his he, fucking father. Yeah, he can't be his father. He doesn't have Spoilers. a hand. What a fucking hand. Where's Han Solo going? What? Why? What is happening? Why are they following? What is happening here? It was like my first exposure to like a ending that left it like wide open and was kind of a downer. And I was just like couldn't handle it. And I don't remember how old I was when I was like, hold on. Yeah, this is really fucking good. It's his dad. This is fuck. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. They just what? That's they came out of nowhere. But yeah, so so that's a day. Of happy days. forty. Yeah, happy forty. Empire Strikes Back. You rule. Um, and uh, that's day of days. A continuing feature on Headspace Invaders. Okay, so um, Adam, we David. there's some television st- stuff happening. Um, one quick story. Uh, Shira, Princess of Power. Mm-hmm. Are you? If it's on your radar, it's on Netflix. Oh yeah, I'm. I'm not caught up. I've seen it. I think it's great. What I've seen five, so far has been yeah, fucking five amazing. five seasons. Yeah. And it's over. It is over. Like, like they, they're done. They said this is finale. It's over. Its arc is done. Cool. My daughter watched it, I, unbeknownst to me, and cried her eyes out like oh. ugly cry. Yeah, just super upset, super moved emotionally heartwarming and awesome at the same and and sad at the same time but she absolutely loved it and then we we, we got into a conversation about well what's your favorite cartoon that you, and so it's she-ra one is joint number one with steven universe which she's watched all of that too they're like one and two are Equal. they connected in any way like creators i mean because i feel like the art similar is similar to so yeah. producers similar whatever feel, i don't know yeah but they're not connected in the same world or anything no so no 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 feel. yeah sure yeah yeah Similar, same studio. That's what I mean, like connected, like is it the same yeah. studio, basically? But Steven Universe also has turned. If you've ever watched any of that, that turned into incredibly mature uh, TV. And then number three, right below them, is Adventure Time. And then she comes up with um, regular show, Bob's Bob's Burgers, then regular yeah. show, and then The Simpsons. That's her ranking. Oh, yeah, her cartoons that she likes. I w- would not have thought anyone her age is still watching The Simpsons or that it would resonate at all still. Yeah, still funny, man. They still love it's, it. It's, yeah. You know, I think just for us, because it's just been played out a little bit, you know, because there are 20, 30, 30 seasons into it, something like that. Yeah, I think I was 14 when it first came out. Yeah, so it's been 14, gone for 14 a while. or 15, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe but, um, well, what and I think you asked me this um, earlier this week. What made you cry? What made you cry when you're in the movie theater? No, it was a. I, I just sent a. Yeah, it was a tweet. I think and. Um, yeah, what was the first that you could remember? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. What did you say? What yours was? Um, it was the you ring. It was the ring of um. Oh my God! What was it called again? We were. Um, I was in a text thread with Adam Robertson. They were watching uh, the Ring of Bright Water. Oh my God! Don't ever watch it. Okay, done. And I saw it when I was a little kid. And it fucking scarred me for life. Oh, all right. We're not going to talk about it. Let's not talk about it. Okay, we won't talk about it. It is yeah. it, in the vein of um, uh, Born Free. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the same I was not, I think we made we were made to watch that in school, I think. Yeah, as, as I think was I. But yeah. Born Free is great, you know. But yeah, this is it. So it's nature forward, you know. Uh, sure. I mean, great from a perspective of the world and, and an environmentalist film. But absolutely fucking like harrowingly soul destroying there's a moment in it that just just fucking i mean jesus christ scarred me for life so uh ring of bright water stay away from that one kids so like environmentally like was it like silent running type of like had that no, message you know, born free's got environmental message to it you know like look after the animals oh, that's oh, not oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of same okay. thing sure yeah, yeah only more more kind of um well, like Born Free was that was like to, real. That was, I mean, that was a true yeah, story, right? Yeah. So it was the Ring of what was this? The Ring of Impossible Truth. What did you say it was? Um, it's called uh, uh, the Ring of Bright Water. That's it. Uh, not making fun of my oh, no. my childhood no. scaring oh, no. son of a bitch. Or um, have you seen Ken? It, no, more so like the environment I grew up in. So you had Born Free African, you know, um, yep. uh, savannas. Where this is more Northern England, Ireland. Um, kind of creatures so and then have you seen um have you ever seen kess kess i don't think i have uh ring of bright water is a book by gavin maxwell about his life on a remote house in coastal scotland where he kept several wild otters as pets nope i have fucking otters love them first published in 1960 became a bestseller and is considered a literary masterpiece eventually selling over two million copies yeah Film oh, on the man, same name. It's for kids, but it's not for fucking kids, dude. I'm telling you, dude. Uh, but Kess is also a 1969 British drama film, um, which is based on a novel from 1968 about a kestrel, and it's set in the north of, of England. And also, some similar themes, you know, similar shit happens. The kestrel gets fucking killed in this one. Sure, yeah, yeah. Absolutely heartbreaking, you know. Yeah. You, you spend this whole movie, this kid you know, build this relationship with this kestrel. And then, I mean, I know life's harsh, but for Christ's sake, it doesn't have to be harsh in the fucking movies. Also, is that, is the kestrel was like your old yeller. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very sad. So, um, but yeah, that's, I just thought I'd, I'd, I'd bring that up again because I thought that was an interesting question. What was the first thing you remember, like making yeah, cry? Yeah, I and, hope for a bigger, more response. I think maybe just people are afraid to admit that they cried when they were fucking 10 years old, which, you know, what? go fuck yourself. When when I saw Artax died in in uh, Never Ending Story the first time, yeah. fucking ruined me. That scene is just <clears throat> even today. If we watch it right now, I'd, I would weep. Yeah, oh, they just ugh. yeah. And we all cried at ET, right? Um, yeah, I'm sure that I did. I just don't re I don't remember seeing it the first time in the theater. Which my dad took me and Erica to see it at the same time, and I think. She couldn't have been more than a couple years old, so that kind of ruined it a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm sure that did. That was yeah. incredibly sad. Yeah, I remember that's the movie. I remember I, I was I hurt myself trying to hold the tears in. It's like it's like <laughs> oh, my oh chest my was so tight, my yeah. throat was like a ball, just you know. And yeah, uh, yeah that was et. Yeah, hmm. but um, also I did see an ad for um, Lovecraft Country. You, you aware of this? Uh, loosely, but... It's coming on HBO in, in August, and it's got executive producers are Jordan Peele and J.J. Abrams, okay. and it's uh, H.P. Lovecraft, Dean yep. film, or no, series, so it looks promising. I love that stuff, so I'm pretty excited to see that. Is that yeah. anthology, or is it just a, like... Oh, you know, no, it's, it's a story, like it's yeah. a story about okay. a yeah, guy. Yeah, I'm here for that, yeah. Um, so I'd be interested to see how, that, how good that is. And then also... 
I know we both came at this together. Um, HBO Max, which is the new subscription oh, yeah. service, which I don't really get that yet. Is that an extra either. subscription I don't you're going to have to pay for? I don't know. But they're releasing the Zack Snyder cut of... You uh, remember when people would save. cut the cord to save money? Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm getting rid of cable. Look how much money I'm saving. Yeah. Um, yeah, how do you feel about that? What Do you care? I, I don't give a shit. No, that's not true. I don't understand why everybody is clamoring to get, see the Zack Snyder cut of this film that he made. And obviously absolutely tragic what happened that he couldn't finish it himself but they did bring in um josh whedon to finish it and as he said he tried to finish it in the the theme of what he zach schneider was trying to do yeah. i don't understand why he's become this savior that he's gonna somehow make the movie better than it was uh, i i think if you look at zach schneider's past catalog he doesn't shout out. It's not like Scorsese's yeah. walked away from the movie. I mean, Zack Snyder's I, I, an okay filmmaker who's fucked some shit up, but done some shit really well. I think well. this is like calling, like, I don't want to say that they're necessarily toxic fans, but I love that they're like calling their bluff. Like, you put out this energy behind something mm. that you didn't actually really believe existed or was going to ever happen. Right. And now you have, you have put yourself, that's the hill you're going to die on. Okay, here you go. Here it is. If yeah. this doesn't fucking blow everyone's asshole out, mm -hmm. yeah, then you, I'm just not going to listen to whatever you say for the rest of it. I mean, no one can be like, well, I don't really care. I'm just going to casually watch it when they've just been hammering on about it so fucking much. Okay. I mean, remember, he did Batman vs. Superman. You know what I mean? He did yeah. that, which yeah. everybody fucking shit on. I actually liked it. I thought it was I fine. enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I thought, thought it was fine. great fun. And yep. Justice League was fine too. I thought I enjoyed the hell out of it. I mean, I thought Batman vs Superman was better. I thought Superman or what, what was it called? The Man of Steel. Man of Steel. Yeah. I thought the Man of Steel was probably the best of the three. But I mean, it was fine, man. The I think Justice League for me fine. was like all it did was just kind of amplify that. Superman is too powerful. He's too strong. He's too, like, it's hard to make a, a compelling story he's about him super. anymore. He's too, he's super duper, as what our president would say. That's using his big language, <laughs> his big words. Um, you know, because it's like, oh, we keep getting our ass kicked until they resurrect Superman. And all of a sudden, Superman's like, I got this, bro. Right. It's like, you have to, like, when you're writing a Superman story anymore, you have to, you're really writing, like, what can I do to take this dude down? Right, you that's know, why the like that's, it. Good. that's all it is. Yeah, you had Zod, you know, yeah, someone who's his equal, and there was, yeah. you know, uh, they actually made it interesting with the whole death thing at the end, and you know, I mean, not Superman's death, but the Zod, like how he killed Zod at the yeah. end. Spoilers uh, at the end of that movie, um, but you know, I, I, I yeah, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I want to fucking watch it. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it's, I, I love the poster that they show because it's actually got like Dark Side and like Green Lantern. It's like a little bit more um, prominent. Um, oh, I think it's going to be super fun. I just is it going to be? I mean, like, or like, is it going to be so drastically different? That's what I'm excited to see. Like, I really am curious. Like, is mm -hmm. this going to be that? I mean, it's like three yeah. hours long, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, I mean, it's all, he's just basically re-editing everything. And it, it, they said they might do some voice work, some of the actors. Cool. Everyone's on board with doing I it. I think so. it's cool. No, no, no. I think, I think it's cool. But then, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, but is it going to be cool, like, um, George Lucas redoing the Star Wars trilogy? You know, is it going to be that kind of cool? But that, is it going to open that door for anybody to be like, oh, you want to see my Blade Runner? I can fucking well, cut this are, shit up. We, you know? we already saw We already saw, like, eight Blade Runners. Well, that was a bad choice. You're right. And I will still uh, go back and say that the first one they released is the best one. Yeah. Um, TV that I want to talk about, that I think is, um, so I think the last time that we spoke, we were talking about like news for the Mandalorian just keeps coming and keeps coming. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm trying my hardest to stay ignorant. You know what I mean? Like of, of this next season. I don't, I don't really want to dive deep. Like I don't care knowing who's in it, you know, like, right. 
new ca- characters, cast, whatever, that's fine. I just don't want to know too much about the story because that was the cool thing about The Mandalorian. It was like fucking every episode, it would introduce something that was brand new to me and yeah. I hadn't studied, you know, to a fucking inch of its life. Um, but I guess like a week ago, everybody's like, fucking Boba Fett. Why do you have to bring Boba Fett? Why can't we just leave it alone? Why does it have to Boba Fett have to come into it? And then this week, they're like, well, tell me Oliphant is going to be wearing the Boba Fett armor. He won't actually be Boba Fett. It's like, see, there you go, dummies. Just stop it. Just fucking right. stop. Just let this shit happen. And then after the episode, complain about it. Why do you have to shit all over something? Just fucking speculation. I don't know. Right. Yeah. John but, Favreau and Dave I'm Filoni. Dude, excited they know what about they're doing. Yeah, yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, we've already talked, we already covered that. Like, they know what they're doing. Just let them do what they do. I just and if, it, I, if it's shit when it comes out, well, then we'll just talk about that. When it I really hope, like, I really hope Timothy Oliphant is like, really playing like a sheriff of like some fucking you know like small town in this because he, he did it in deadwood he did it in right. justified and now he's doing it in space i'm like yeah that's all i want to see this dude do yeah. i want to see him quick draw on fucking you know rodians i want to see him quick draw and fuck it's just i'm excited man are you watching the gallery have you watched any of that yet no what's that so it's disney plus it's there kind of like behind the scenes it's like sitting down with all the directors uh it's episodic it comes out every week but it's basically John Favreau sitting around with the people that made this show. So the first episode was oh, all, yeah, the, yeah. all the directors. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I think they're, they're not that long, like maybe thirty minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's been it's been pretty cool. Like it's wild seeing how they make this show, uh, m- make it look as big as it is using rel- relatively few resources. It looks like, um, but it's been it's been great to kind of get uh to to hear each of each director's individual voice and then to watch like how that actually came over in e- each individual episode it's been pretty good yeah i'm always a sucker for any star wars behind the scenes shit yeah yeah man and you know it's it's good content if it's new content so I'm, we're we're here for that right now that's yeah, good yeah that's a good point so um yeah that's tv i'm r- amazed you didn't bring up rick and morty well, um, I didn't know if you'd seen the latest episode uh, yet. Well, I did. But we should save that. We should wait and let this season run its course and then recap the season. Okay. Yeah. Okay, we'll just do an episode rundown. Yeah. A quick blurb on each one. That's a good yeah. idea. Let's do that. Yeah. So we'll wait on the Rick and Morty stuff. Because I think that this season has been, they've they've been really super high or, or you know, kind of like, not super low, but duds for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, they're not hitting their usual marks. Uh, this last one, though, whew, it, the yeah. payoff at the yeah. end. Was yeah. just like, what? Yeah, it, the God Rick yeah. Sanchez is a motherfucker. Right, That's, that guy it was a, he is a terrible, terrible person. We, we went, we went back to the back to the norm that yeah. he is an absolute piece of shit. Yeah, and he showed exactly why he's yeah. such a fucking piece oh of shit. Oh my God! Oh my yeah. God! So we could definitely, we'll definitely do that though. Let's wait till the season's done, yeah. and then we'll do one kind of encapsulation where we'll just flip yeah. down through everything because some of them have been hilariously good. Yeah, and some of them, as you said, alluded to already, haven't been as good as they could have been. All right, so as you would have heard, it's Pod Corner, and um, do you have a pod this week? Uh, I do not. I don't. You know, well, that I is good. Didn't have, I didn't have a chance to listen to anything new this week. That is good because I have a fucking doozy. Um, and I'm just going to pull up some information here. Um, I got one where it's hard to get out of the car, man. Like it's hard to get out of the car. Like you're, you're. Oh. Yeah, you're, you're. I, mean, I can't get out of the car. I don't want to get out of the car. I want to stay listening to it. And I've, it's 45 minute episodes. I've already got. I'm, I'm almost halfway through number three, and I just started listening to it today. So find excuses to drive around my car to, to listen to this podcast. It is fucking excellent. And for a lot of different reasons. It's from Crooked Media. And it is Wind of Change. Have you heard anything about this? Uh, I, yes, I actually did. I read a whole thing about it today. Um, and it it is at the very top of my list of to Dude, watch. You've got to get in on this one. I'm going to read. the. This is the blurb from the official, from their website. Um, it's 1990. The brown wall has just come down. The Soviet Union is on the verge of collapse. A heavy metal band from West Germany, the Scorpions, released a powerful ballad, Wind of Change. Which what I'm going to do when we play this back is I'm going to actually pop a bit Wind of Change in right around here. Okay, good. <laughs> 
It's hard to whistle with like a pop filter. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shut up with your fancy equipment. Um, <laughs> the song becomes the soundtrack to the peaceful revolution sweeping Europe and one of the biggest rock singles ever. According to some fans, it's the song that ends the Cold War. Decades later, New York writer Patrick Radden Keefe hears a rumor from a source. The Scorpions didn't actually write Wind of Change. The CIA did. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. This is Patrick's journey to find the truth among former operatives and leather-clad rockers from Moscow to Kiev to uh, G.I. Joe Convention in Ohio. It's a story about spies doing the unthinkable, about propaganda hidden in pop music, and a maze of government secrets. Wind of Change, an offbeat eight-part investigation. It is, there's two episodes on um, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, and then it's all on Spotify. You can just binge it out on oh. Spotify. Okay. It is fucking great. And it is incredibly surprising how great this fucking show is. Um, just from little tidbits like, uh, did you know that L- Louis Armstrong back in the 50s was sent by the State Department to Africa as a like a pitchman for the United States to stop these African countries from turning to the Soviets? Did you know that? Wow, I did not. Right. And he was not fucking happy about it. Like yeah. he was pissed because he's like, why the fuck would I go to this country when my country, we still have segregation. We're still shitty to me, not to me personally, but to my people. Right. I'm going to hype the U.S. But he did it anyway because he was a good dude. Nina Simone was sent by the CIA to do the same shit in Africa with yeah. unbeknownst to her. She was paid through a, a cultural foundation that was funded by the CIA that would do this very thing. Send people out into the world, artists out into the world to like showcase how great America was and how great it was and how great these artists were and they're from America, they're, they're singing American because you think about it, jazz and the blues like America didn't have a lot of culture back then, even then so, you know, Russia's got the ballet, Russia's got vodka, Russia's got like it has more history where sure. the US has limited history even up to that point yeah. so it was like jazz the blues, you know, that's stuff well, that's, that's American, that. yep. that's American yeah. you know? that's what it means to be an American Partly. So they pushed the culture out into the world so people would like appreciate the USA more. And maybe, especially in these parts of the world that were a little stormy, maybe they wouldn't, you know, because, you know, Africa was colonized. It was, you know, everyone had left. So there was all these gaping holes for governments and, you know, regimes to take over. So they just wanted to make sure they are pro-American or, or uh, not, not pro-Russian. So, you know, because at that time, the CIA, aside from doing this, they're also obviously, you know, funding, you know, paramilitary groups to overthrow democratically um, elected leaders because they were a little too commie for them. You know, do all that kind of fucking weird shit. I'm sure they're not doing that anymore. But um, I thought thought it was because the song itself is such a shitty fucking song. Oh, yeah. No, it's not good. You know, the Scorpions are kind of a joke band for me. You know, obviously as a metalhead, I love heavy metal. Michael Schenker, who is basically the talent behind that band, the guitar player, he had a band called MSG, Michael Schenker Group, who was, in my mind, my money for my money, much far superior to the Scorpions, um, just better musically. But the Scorpions had those big hits like Rock Me Like a Hurricane, like um, Still, what is it, Still in Love with Me, or oh, the one song that they had that was um, super, super popular. Um, not They didn't really sing a lot, or, and No One Like You, and uh, Still Loving You, Still Loving You, that one song. Um, but, you know, all about girls and chicks, and then they had this Wind of Change song. So it did seem, it does seem out of left field when you think about it. Now, I don't know if it's going to turn out to say, but it's it's interesting because it's all this, it's Eisenhower, I guess, uh, you know, as a president, decided he needed to, you know, he was the one who coined phrases like psychological warfare with the Russians, you know, the Soviets during the Cold War. You know, he created the PSYOPs department, as, as we know, someone very close to our heart did that in the army, you know, um, I'm sure you were involved in stuff like that too. You can't talk about, um, but I just think it was, shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> I just think it was. It, it's fascinating to see um, some of the stuff that's behind this. And will it go somewhere? I don't fucking know. But really, it's a very interesting look at American history and how Americans are want to be perceived and how they are perceived in the world. And then, and then also. Um, the fact that they, they do some crazy shit now, you know, like um, Argo, right? The movie Argo was based yeah. off of um, Tony, um, what was his name? Tony Mendez, um, who was, uh, you know, he was the guy that um, Ben Affleck played. He, he died just recently, actually died in 2019. Um, but he was a CIA operative for, you know, his whole life. 
1963 to 1990. And uh, so they talk a lot about him um, because that's how, you know, he was one of the people in the CIA who started getting involved in the arts, with the mo- movies and everything. His yeah. wife was also in the CIA and she's talking because she's still alive. He, inter- she, uh, Jana Mendez, oh my God, this woman is fascinating. Like what she has fucking done. Like she is like a real Mission Impossible person. She talked about the TV show, Mission Impossible, how it came on. Like, it would come on, and then they'd have, like, the CIA guy sitting around going, can we do that shit with the masks? That's pretty <laughs> fucking cool. Yeah. And, and then, so what they did, they developed mask technology where they actually used that. They used it in the yeah. field. Yeah. And she was involved in all that. She was involved in um, flying spy planes, dude. Like, she was one of the early people with huge telephotoscopic lenses flying around, taking pictures of shit. Like, that was her, like, her, one of her first days in the job. Just for this woman alone, just to listen, I'm I'm more, I'm so I'm, I want to research more about Jana Mendez. She yeah. is a fascinating individual who's lived an incredibly interesting life. So this podcast, I mean, it has me by the balls. I fucking love it. And it's only two episodes in, or you've only, only heard two, two and a half episodes in. Two and a half episodes in. Wow. And, Adam, and how many eight. how many episodes is it? Do you know? Oh, eight. Eight. And I I am can't wait to get through i can't wait to get back in my car tomorrow to drive around a little bit more and listen to some more i can't recommend it enough again it's called wind of change um, and it comes from um the actual uh, it's from crooked media and it's from um uh, uh pineapple studios pineapple street studios so uh it's on spotify you can binge the whole season it's, it came out may 11th um can't recommend it enough all right buddy awesome uh, that's so crazy i just read about that podcast today Gotta check it out. Good stuff. Good. Yeah. No, I will. It's on my, on my list. I got a mail test for you. Great. Um, this is one of the when I first put this list together years ago, whatever. How many years ago? How long have you been doing this? Seven, seven years now. Sure. 2013. Is it? I don't know what day it is. More than that. Is it a day? No, it's night. Uh, anyway, yeah, time is first, flat circle, man. When I first started putting this list together, all those years ago. Yeah. This is one of the original ones that was on this that I kept back. Why okay. did I pick it today? I don't know. I just felt, I think I just felt like watching the movie this week. So okay. um, um, I will say that of that original list, if I have a quick look at it now, this one, there's only one, two, one, two that I haven't done off the original list. Because I add to this, as we know, all the time. Like, I'm always adding to it. I'm always putting new movies on it. So this was one of the originals. Um, it's a film that I saw again. I know I, I'm, I'm a broken record, but you can probably figure it out. This is one of the movies the video man in the, dra- in the van uh, <laughs> dropped off at our house. Just blank tapes with just names on them. Right, we had no yeah. idea what the fuck we were getting. It was a horror movie. Is it an action movie? We didn't know. Yeah. Um, so... Kind of like the mystery machine of High Dive, you know, mystery beer. You know, this is a, right, these yeah. are mystery movies. We just had a name and All nothing right. else to go on. Um, so this movie was was um, was made in, uh, in 1983, released in 1983. Um, it's got 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's based okay. off of a 1981 novel of the same name by F. Paul Wilson, who has... Remo Williams. Re- no, on the record, we did that one. On the record, uh, yeah, stated did. that okay. this movie was bad. He did not like the oh. movie adaptation. Um, uh, directed by Michael Mann. Only the second movie he directed. The first one being Thief. Oh, this wow. is his second okay. feature. And it is called The Keep. Oh, and, wow. And you know what? That's only 40%. Yeah. Here's a clip. Picture event. The Keep. Presented at selected theaters in 70mm and 6-track Dolby Stereo. The Keep brings together no less than 14 Academy Award nominees and winners for technical achievements and special effects. Michael Mann directs this startling vision of mankind's ultimate challenge, The Keep.
Did you find what you were looking for? Did you expect to find me? What are you? Whatever kills us gets in anyway. Nothing we do, no security works. This is a great movie. Now, yeah. hold I, on. This is a great Miltas movie. It's not a great movie. Sure. Wild. Well, I don't. Hey, have you read the book? Uh, yeah. Fucking great. Yeah. I've watched the. I saw the film and then read the book. Oh. And the book is definitely better. Oh, I it's mean, insane. It's, yeah, it's so way, but Yeah. The book book is better. Um. So I watched the film and then the book showed up in my house. I think my mom checked it out of the library and it, I showed up, so I, I read it. Um. But the film. Um, let me just start off. It it it, it was marred with problems. Uh, no, I'll just say it, uh, it had a six million dollar budget, and it only made three point six million dollars at the box office. Okay, yeah. Obviously, it fits the bill. I can't us. believe we've not done this one before. That's insane. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Wow. So, um, it was supposed to be a thirteen week shoot, stretched into twenty two weeks, um, due to the rain. Yeah, and a new film, weather. Yeah. Yeah. This film was set in, or was supposed to be set in Romania. It's about Russian. Uh, it's about uh, German World War II troops to take up, take take over this keep in this town in a small town in Romania, um, and uh, off the Russian front, they're kind of given a break off the Russian front. Um, but they actually filmed it in Wales, and Wales, of course, is renowned for its wet weather, as is <laughs> Ireland. So it just pissed rain on them so much that they just filming just went on and on and on and on. So um, the special effects supervisor Wally Vivers died, who worked on a uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. He died during the making of this movie. And left with the ending undone. So in the pro in the po- in post production. So he was the only one who knew what he was going to do from an effects standpoint towards the end. And, oh. And he was gone, so they couldn't do it. So man was meant to kind of finish himself, and it kind of shows. Well, I'll get to that. Um, it does have an excellent cast. Oh yeah. The cast is top fucking notch. Gabriel so, Byrne. Gabriel Byrne, who I did not recognize when I watched this movie back again at first, because I knew he was in the movie. I was kept waiting for the pop-up. I'm like, where the fuck's Gabriel Byrne? Halfway through, I, I realized when the Gestapo officer took, took his hat off, yeah. I realized that, that was Gabriel Byrne underneath the fucking hat. What am I Jur- like? I don't even Jürgen, right? Is that his name? Jürgen, Jürgen Prochnow Prochnow? is in it. Yeah. Yeah. This is his second yeah. movie he did after Das Boat, which is a phenomenal film slash series, German series. And then series. he would go on to it? do Dune next year. Oh, yeah. yeah. Das okay. Boat is incredible. And um, you talk about um, uh, suspense and on on the edge of your seat claustrophobia. It is yeah. dripping off the screen in that movie. Um, and then also um, Scott Glenn is in it yeah. and Sir Ian McKellen. All uh, right. That's right. Magneto yeah. slash Gandalf is in it. A very, very young Ian McKellen. Um, it's funny because at the start of the movie, he's very old. He's an old Jewish guy, Jewish American professor. Yeah. And he's super old. I'm like, God, Ian, I was saying to myself, Ian McKellen always fucking, he always looked old, right? He always then, looks old. And then halfway through the bit, the monster creature um, actually turns him young into actually a regular Ian McKellen. So I'm like, oh, look, there he is. He's young. Um, so uh, also in this movie is a guy, uh, the guy who played Radu uh, uh, Molasser, who was the bad guy, the big bad, the monster in the movie, was a guy called Michael Carter. Uh, do you know what else Michael Carter was in? No, I'm going to say, I, I can't. The name well, sounds familiar, but... Uh, he was also in Return of the Jedi. As another he- heavily made-up character. Bib Fortuna. Oh. Yeah. Okay. All Same right. dude. Oh. So, um, again, a great, great cast. Oh, weird. Uh, I will say, a very cinematic European feel to it. Um, not just because it was obviously made in Europe, but just the way it was shot. Um, dream, Very dreamlike qualities. Uh, lots of bright lights backed 
um, with like uh, hazy fog everywhere. Um, uh, I bet Guillermo del Toro absolutely loves this film because it does have that kind of fairy tale feel to it. Um, but it is all over the place. Oh, uh, hold on. Before I get there, the soundtrack I felt was excellent. It's by a German electric music yeah, band. Su- is it Super Synthy? Super Synthy. Tangerine Dream. Oh, yeah, yeah, band. yeah. yeah. Uh, they, they have like 250 albums out there. They also did the soundtrack for Firestarter, Thief, Legend, and Near Dark. Um, hmm. So Paramount refused to pay for the big special effects ending, and the end really, really does fall flat because of it. Yeah. Um, they cut the film uh, from the original cut was 210 minutes long. Like that's, that's like three and a half hours almost. They cut it down to 96 minutes. And that's the reason why Michael Mann disavowed this movie. He's like, I'm not, this is not my film. Even though he's got a director credit and everything, he was so pissed off because he just sliced his movie to bits. And really, if you look at the film nowadays, you'll notice there's major continuity error errors. There's, it's really disjointed, very, very jumpy, really bad sound because of it like you can almost hear at some points where the sound the soundtrack cuts and then starts again like a record skip yeah really really clunky job of tearing this film apart so a la Zack snyder we need to start like a audition for the uncut version of the keep the keep (laughs) yeah how has this not been remade i mean tens of people to sign that so you haven't even really gotten into the meat of no, what the no, no. story is. No, I'm oh, gonna, man. I'm, I'm going to get How, there. Yeah. No, no, no. I know you will. I just mean, like, I can't believe that this, A, the story, fucking rule, the idea rules. How has this right. not been remade? So and how has this not been turned into a fucking video game? It's Right. Yeah. So there, the, it, it actually turns it into an actual board game. But there is, um, basically, it's the story of these German soldiers who pulled off the, uh, the Russian front uh, to take a quote-unquote break in this Romanian village, just to sit on this Romanian village, and um, that's it. It's like a break for them. They show up, there's these father and two sons in this keep in the middle of the village, and they're like, what are you guys doing here? Like, oh, we're here to, you know, look after you guys, make sure you're good. And uh, he's like, you can't stay here. He's like, well, why not? It's like, you just can't, no one stays here. Like, well, who says? Well, you know, you just, you'll just leave in the middle of the night. People sometimes stay here, but why do they leave? Suicide? He's like, no. They just run out bad dreams or something. He's like, whatever. Oh, we're tough German soldiers. We can yeah. take it. And then it opens up with the this German trying to pry one of the silver crosses off the walls with his buddy. Yeah, yeah. He gets sucked into this hole. Turns out there's this huge underground cavern here that this kind of cartoon smoke creature just takes his fucking head right off. He gets pulled out of the hole with no head. His buddy then gets zapped with the German with the with the weird bright smoke his head explodes like a clay pot and uh, and then we're off to the races um uh, gabriel <laughs> Bruns gestapo officer shows up more as a bunch of people in this in the in the town um the germans start slowly going mad the creature is out seems to have at the start has some kind of honor behind him it looks kind of like in the beginning it looks like the smoke monster that galactus was uh, in rise of the silver surfer kind of yeah. has that look about it but um, it actually does start to take flash as it kills more people. And um, uh, Scott Glenn's character shows up in this is mysterious dude. You never really get to know who the bad guy is. He's just a bad guy. You never really get to know who the good guy is. He's just a good guy. He's some super creature from the past who that Scott Glenn is. Also interesting enough, Scott Glenn loses his eyebrows about three quarters of the way through the movie. Like he's got eyebrows and next you know he doesn't and he just looks fucking weird. So yeah. like I said, lots of jumping around and it turns out to be this, it's a monster feature. The story is that this, this creature's trying to escape from the keep. Scott Glenn's the one who imprisoned them, you know, fighting throughout the ages. I won't tell you what happens at the end, but that's the basic gist of the movie. Um, after this was such a bomb at the box office, Michael Mann went back to the small screen, which ended up treating him pretty well because he created Miami Vice. Miami Vice, yeah. Yeah, the, an iconic 1980s television show, which helped probably change cop shows on tv forever um so i mean on the whole i would say it was it's a i enjoyed it when i watched it back i wasn't bored i was glad it was 96 minutes long even though i would like to see the the unedited version or the, the version that was supposed to come out but it got kind of torn apart and um, 
there is um, there was a documentary you can see in 2011 entitled A World War II Fairy Tale The Making of Michael Mans to Keep they tried to get it off the ground it said have a bunch of production uh, history interviews um, never got off the ground which might be kind of interesting to see kind of in the vein of the Mantle and the Mantia the the um, uh, the uh, documentary about um, uh, Eric uh, or um, uh, what's his name's uh, uh, the Monty Python guy who tried to make um, Man Full of Mancha. Um What's his name? The um, what's the American Monty Python guy's name? Uh, I keep want to say Eric Idle, but it's, it's not. not Eric Idle. Yeah, uh, Terry Gilliam. Um, there's a documentary about him, his his uh, attempt Don to make Quixote. make Don Quixote called. Uh, the Man from Manchester, I think it's called, or on the a play on on that on that um, musical, but it's really interesting to see. So, but and on February the twelfth, two thousand sixteen, I'm going to end with this on this particular. This will be the last, my final saying, and you can obviously give me your input. Um, on February the twelfth, two thousand sixteen, an internet fan question asked Michael Mann had he plans to release his nineteen eighty three sci fi horror film. Um, at some point, Mann's answer was, and this is a quotation: "No, we were never able to figure out." how we were to combine all those components that were shot pre-blue and green screen. This one's going to stay in its... At which point, man trailed off and nev- and didn't speak about it again. Which I think is kind of perfect for the keep because that's kind of how the film went. <laughs> it just kind of... It's just like, yeah, yeah, just kind of yeah. Just drifted yeah. on towards the end and then yeah. that was that. So, yeah. y- you know, you could tell it had been torn to pieces in the end oh, of yeah. the- and that they didn't have the money, or they weren't given the money to finish it, and that the visual effects guy died. I mean, a lot of bad shit happened in this movie, but it—it's okay. It's still—it's oh, the perfect. Man. I think that like the first thirty minutes are fucking great. Super atmospheric. Yeah. And, you know, the, well shot. The synth could, music is a little anachronistic, I guess, but it—it it works. It does work, and you could tell Michael Mann had talent. You know, you could tell this guy. This guy's got a good eye here, and yeah. he's dealing with some excellent actors. You know. Yeah. Some pretty oh, good yeah. stage actors um, who, you know, were, were chewing up the screen, but they were going for it, you know, big time. Um, yeah. It just, uh, you know, it's just, it's the keep, man. It's great fun. The book's better. If you guys want to pick one or the other, go pick up the book. You, you could around. go to Prospero's and Casey right now and probably buy the keep for a dollar. It's the 200-page paperback. Yeah, it's fucking great. Yeah, man, that's it. So, Wow. That's our mail test to keep. I'll have to cross it off my list. So, so that was you. You've had that one in the in the in your pocket for a while. For a good while, yeah. Uh, you know, so we did. You see on Instagram today, George said like, "Hey, here's a, a mail test for you," um, and he suggested Halloween three. I, yeah. I think that movie is better. Like, I, I think he even said it was like so bad that it's good. I think it's good. I, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. Like Halloween yeah, three, yeah. I think is a great movie. It just suffered from trying to be like pigeonholed into this that halloween right. you know like like if people are like oh shit where's no, it's not michael myers it's not michael problem. myers yeah if it had a different name uh it was yeah. great the i think the idea it, behind the halloween series is to make them like the twilight zones yeah like to make a different an anthology series but just different like michael myers we did it in the first two he's done we're gonna do this no, let's move on and number number four will be something else number five and people lost else. their mind and they're like okay fine fuck yeah we'll bring michael back but right uh, yeah, but I, I often think about it. It's funny that he brought that up today because I think about that movie all the time, Halloween 3. I don't know if we, we you and I have ever talked about it before. We we have, we, it's on one of the Halloween episodes we went over. It? It. Yeah. yeah. I don't think yeah. we did a deep, deep dive I mean, into it, but yeah, we definitely Yeah, it was just it. weird that, he, that that popped up on, I think it was Instagram today. I was like, oh yeah, Halloween 3, man. Like, there's, we're all riding this fucking psychic wave, man. You think about something, someone else is out there thinking about it. It's fucking right. weird. But, it is, man. We're all yeah. connected to the Matrix. Yeah. All right, buddy. That's, That's it. it. That's it, man. the show for yeah. the week, right? Thanks That's for listening, it. everyone. Um, stay safe and stuff. Keep washing your hands and keep socially distancing. There'll be at some point Well, I'm supposed to get a new mic here in the coming weeks. And if not, there'll be some point where me and Adam can actually get back into the same room together um, and uh, do these for real, face-to-face um, or maybe we won't. Maybe we'll just stick to what we're doing. No, we should, do, we, sh- we should do one. We, we should get together and do one through masks six feet apart and just see what yeah. it sounds like. Yeah. Right. So I mean, just, you know. I don't think my, my sound could get any worse. So, <laughs> uh, well, why not? I'll give it a try. Yeah. So, uh, 
again thanks a lot for listening um yeah yeah thanks wallace and uh good luck Headspace of Airs and David Colgan and Adam Hall and executive producer Wallace Wilson. Music is composed by Chris Semeca. Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Headspace Invaders. Please hit the like button on whatever pod listening app you use and of course, shoot the mystery ship whenever you get a chance. Headspace Invaders is a thanks Wallace Wilson.